Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. The Reverend Captain Kickass is also here. First, we got Dave Ridley on the line here calling us from somewhere out there. Dave, are you uh, still out in Colorado? Uh, Yes, I'm visiting Colorado. All right. What's on your mind tonight from RidleyReport.com? Dave, what's up? Uh, I wanted to update you just a little bit regarding something I'd called about a a month or two ago, and Mm -hmm. that is the the attempt to ban nuclear weapons. There was an attempt to ban nuclear weapons? I'm all ears. Yeah, it's actually gotten quite a bit of traction. In fact, I think they may actually be legal now. (laughs) Well, wait wait a minute. Was this like a U.N. thing, or who who was doing the banning? It's the fifty. It's the fifty nations that have gotten together through the UN, which mm-hmm. I don't like either, uh, and uh, tried to like establish a you know a nuclear free collection of nations. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so are, are think, the fifty nations that are in this pact all nuclear people or right. nuclear nations? Mm-hmm. Are there any nuclear nations that are not part of the fifty? Well, the, some of them are nuclear in the sense of having nuclear power, I think. But they're you know, nuclear; they're they're free of nuclear weapons. It's about it's about nuclear weapons, not. Nuclear so, just power. to clarify, the fifty nations that are in this pact don't have any nuclear weapons, so it's not really going to change anything. Well, not at first, no. Uh, when when nations started banning landmines, it was the same situation. The ones that didn't have them banned them first, but mm-hmm. eventually it started putting pressure on the nations that were still using landmines. So none, none of these 50 are what we call a nuclear uh, power as far as armaments are concerned. So the U.S. Cor- is not in correct. it. Correct. I think China's not in it. Russia. Russia. Right. And what's useful is that it's putting pressure on them. You, you listen. I've been listening to some of the speeches of U, U.S. officials, and they're pretty nervous about this this uh, this movement. Why? What's um, the pressure? I think it's public pressure. You know, to, in theory, they're a democracy, right? Yeah, but I mean, they also have nuclear weapons, so they can kind of you know throw their weight around, so to speak. I mean. Why would these 50 nations have any kind I mean, like, are they going to pressure economically? Are they going to say, you know, we're not going to trade with you? Or, you know, what do they got behind this? There are, there are sanctions that get put on nations that don't comply, but I don't know exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it, it, I've, I've read the treaty, or at least it's complicated. I listened to the treaty. I had the computer read the whole thing to me while I was doing other things. And okay. I, I, I have trouble finding problems with the treaty. There's some stuff in the treaty that does impose some internal, uh, you know, you're, you're supposed to enforce the ban on nuclear weapons inside your country and stuff like that. I guess that would cost some tax dollars. Um, but the, the main thing is just that the, the main problem here is that this is not the 1980s anymore when people were on the streets worried about nuclear weapons and trying to get governments to downsize their nuclear weapons arsenal. Right. People were all over the streets back then. Now, mm-hmm. no one seems to care about it. We have a bigger nuclear risk than we did in the 80s by far, and it's right. like no one cares. All the authoritarians are afraid of COVID, but they're not afraid of nuclear war, right? <laughs> Anybody who lives in the United States of America should be able to go and look at the U.S. arsenal of nuclear bombs anybody and go okay well there's 15,000 or whatever however many number there is but they don't just like uh, you should be able to go and see any number of things that the government keeps from you uh, information you know uh, salaries how much money is going into these black programs and that kind of a thing yeah. and so good luck with that yeah it should Quote, be unquote, state secrets yeah it should be completely transparent and it's not. And so that's because they don't work for you. Well, of course. And so that throws a wrench in all the people who believe that of the people and for the people and by the people because it ain't. Yeah, that's just propaganda. Yeah. That's just what they teach you in government school. So you can buy this, uh, you know, this line hook, line and sinker of what, you know, they want you to believe. And, and we it's know just nonsense. And we know when we happen to get a window into a government program, like, say, public schools, for example, uh, over the COVID thing, mm-hmm. when all the public schools went to, to Zoom classes. When parents could actually see what was happening. You parents know? could see, they're like, oh, really? Yeah. This is what goes on? This is how they teach? No. no. Yeah. And we've seen a, a, a continued uptick in people taking their kids out of schools and homeschooling. That was uh, one of the bright sides, if there were some bright sides of the whole COVID situation, is more people yeah. are out of the government school system than ever before. That's and not true. only last year, but the year before as well. No so, doubt about so it. So it continues to rise. Which yeah. is one of the best signs for humanity's future I have ever seen in my life. No doubt. I mean, you're basically you're getting your kids out of these 
gang centers, essentially, mm-hmm. where they're being indoctrinated day in, day out to believe that the government is good and that you can trust the state. And there's just so much damage that's done to people because yeah. of the government school system. Yeah, th- th- this was one of the things that I had to disagree with Nikki on because she was saying, well, if your child decides that they want to go to a government school, you have to let them. And mm-hmm. no, I completely disagree. Mm-hmm. Like, until they have reached the point where you believe that they are mature enough to make their own decisions, until that point, it is a discussion. You don't have to just give them anything they want, even in terms of their education. And when it comes to government education, it is unbelievably dangerous. Like, your chances of getting shot go through the roof. Your chances of getting sexually molested go through the roof. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are stories that never get covered on corporate media, but the the chances of getting molested in a public school are way higher, mm. even time for time, than your chances of getting molested in a Catholic church. Or just plain old bullying. You know, that's pretty common yeah, in government even, school. Yeah, even the standard, you know, so-called socialization that you receive is unbelievably damaging to people. Yeah, I mean, it's like being in prison. Yeah, well, and, right? and and it's scientifically proven that the more exposure that you have to people outside your age group, the better it is, on average, for your yes. empathy. Now, in schools, they always segregate you completely from everyone except the authority figure who is yeah. outside your age range. The best way for a human to learn is to learn to be able to teach it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in schools that are... Uh, or that were mixed age, the teachers would rely on the older students to assist with teaching the younger students. And so that reinforces whatever lessons the older students were taught, because now they have to in turn turn around and teach it themselves to Mm -hmm. the younger kids. And that's exactly how this was done before government interference. Right. So what would happen is, okay, well, this kid learned how to add. So they're going to ask for a fee to teach that to another younger person. It's like, hey, would you like to learn how to add and subtract? Well, that'll cost you a quarter. And, and then they will teach them, you know, to the best of their ability. And then if that kid learns properly, then they won't demand their quarterback. But if they don't learn, oh, well, I guess I got to go back to the guy who taught me because I don't know it well enough. And just a word on Sudbury schools. Are Sudbury schools successful? Sudbury graduates go on to college at equal or higher rates to those who attend more conventional schools. I believe it. Not that I think going to college is an, impression, no, an impressive but, thing. But, I mean, if you consider that somebody in an environment of support and inspiration can be Mm -hmm. uh, of a higher education level using the Sudbury methods as opposed to the government methods, that speaks a lot to the methods that they're using. You know, it uh, it does make you wonder what education could be like if it wasn't not quite 100 percent monopolized like you know government's got 90 percent of the students roughly uh but if it wasn't such a big control over all these kids like what would the different options be because there's some pretty creative solutions out there that have come up but how many other you know hundreds of other models would spring up into existence that currently no one has taken the time to create because well they're all going to government school i don't know we don't get to experience that reality, but maybe someday. John Taylor Gatto insists that uh, genius is far more common than anybody realizes. Ooh, yeah, it's I just bet. that uh, government beats it's it out of It's suppressed yeah. by the Absolutely. system. Oh, yeah. You will fit into the cookie, cut, uh, the cookie cutter or else. Or we'll drug you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another one of those things like you know, people who raise their own children, because that's what homeschooling is. It mm-hmm. is raising your own children. That's all it is. Natural way, right? Yeah. And people who raise their own children are not incentivized to put them on amphetamines. There's just right, not yeah. an incentive to destroy their brain in exchange for making your job easier. Hey, when I went to public school, you know, there were very few kids on anything as far as, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, ADD, like wasn't even a thing. That it was started invented. coming in when I was in high yeah, school. Like that wasn't even a term, and all, a term that anybody knew of, you mm-hmm. know, when I was in grade school. So, you know, all these things are, are new since then. And I mean, I don't I didn't really see like. If anything, like I think it was probably a better experience than a bunch of drugged out kids sort of dumbed down and, you know, like everybody had more personality in my opinion. You know, if you had a weird personality quirk or trait, it's like everybody just was like, yep, that's Dave. Reason.com reporting on the shocking, shocking story that... The IRS is still going after poor people. I'm shocked. Yeah. On uh, Wednesday, Syracuse University Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse track released data provided to it by the IRS 
on audits performed by the agency in fiscal year 2022. Despite the infusion of new funding earmarked for the IRS last year's uh, from last year's Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, the agency continued historic trends of hassling primarily low-income taxpayers, with relatively few millionaires and billionaires getting caught up in the audit sweep. What? Inconceivable! Yeah, I that that I just don't believe it. How is that possible? Well, just like everything else in our government, it is, uh, it's is—it's like a spider web. The wasps go free and the flies get caught. Well, the, of course, the obvious reason is millionaires can afford lawyers, right? They, they yeah. can make life difficult on the IRS auditors, whereas if they go after some guy that's, you know, a construction worker or whatever, some, somebody working in retail, or you know, they don't have a lawyer. They can't afford a lawyer, so no. they're scared to death of the you know the irs audit notice that comes in the mail and they just uh, look do whatever you need to do i'll give you everything i got just don't put me in prison right you know well i think part of this is people conceive of laws as if they're as if they were the law of gravity where oh well if you just pass a law that says you doubled the taxes then everyone's gonna pay double the taxes yeah for yeah, it's not going to change what people do. It's not going to outsource things or make them uh, uh, find workarounds. No, no, it'll just double the taxes. For our listeners that don't believe that taxation is theft or more accurately, taxation is extortion, mm-hmm. uh, tell us how you feel when you get an audit letter because there is mm-hmm. definitely a gun behind that audit letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you feel happy about that? Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel good when you get a Right, yeah, that, an that'd audit be a question. You, you don't feel good at all. It's kind of mm-hmm. like when the blue and red lights go on behind you. And there's a policeman trying to pull relief, you over. right, when that happens. <laughs> you right, feel safe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Protecting you don't. Protecting and serving. No, you fear, you fear for your life in the moment. Yeah. There's a psychopath who's about to possibly murder you because you made the wrong move, according to him or whatever. And right. even but if he'll you're probably only extort you. Uh, the odds are that's what's going to happen. But he, he might could murder kill you. you. He might kidnap you. Yeah. But he'll probably only extort you. Now, what feelings do you have when you get the IRS audit letter? Like, oh no, I don't want to go to jail, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. get. I don't want to have to go to court. I don't want to. You know, you, all these things. You're all of a sudden fearful for what's going to happen. You're not. Even if you're he, not relieved. You're not. Oh, thank goodness they're checking up on me to see that I am accurate. I'm well, so glad that we have to pay for, to live in a society by doing this. Well, and and that you may feel that way even if you aren't quote unquote cheating on the taxes, right? right. Like even if you've done everything you can. To do it legally, fill yeah. out all the forms in triplicate and cross all the T's and dot all the I's, and you've had an accountant check it over, and you don't want to get in any trouble, you still are never sure. Right. You still never really know if you didn't break one of their stupid laws, because there's so many of them. You yep. haven't read the code. You can't understand the code. You're not a lawyer. Yep. And the lawyers themselves haven't read all the code, because it's impossible for one person to read it all. Yeah, and even the lawyers that specialize in tax law tend to specialize in one particular area of mm-hmm. tax law, because there's too much for any right. human being to know. And in fact, there's too much for them to know even in that one area. Well, I specialize in in uh, uh, water rights. You will not know all of the laws regarding water rights right. in taxation. The taxpayer class with unbelievably high audit rates, that is to say five and a half times virtually everyone else, were low-income wage earners taking the earned income tax (laughs) credit, according to Track, (laughs) noting the poorest taxpayers are, quote, easy marks in an era when IRS increasingly relies upon correspondence audits yet doesn't have the resources to assist taxpayers or answer their questions. We have to talk about people at some point because, mm-hmm. you know, if people are electing these representatives, then we have to address what's wrong with the people at some point, too. Right. Right. Not just the fact that the system sucks, but it, the people are kind of sucky because they're putting these sucky people into power. Mm-hmm. Right. And if there isn't anybody but not it's sucky always only sucky people that look for the power. Uh, I right? understand. But then, you know. They should change the way people are given these responsibilities, in my opinion. Well, what do you want to do? Throw your vote away? I mean, vote for someone who's going to tax us actually less, who's going to actually reduce the uh, pow- the power of the authoritarian government. But the people uh, have this thing, and, and it shows up in like 
uh, viewing habits of television and movies and stuff like that. People are uh, attracted to a certain genre, right? Mm-hmm. So we have people who are like uh, Jerome, for example. He is a political television uh, aficionado. He's, he's watching. A yeah, he can't. He's got that thing on in the background all mm-hmm. the time on on CNN yep. or whatever it is he's watching. Uh, and and there are a whole bunch of other people on planet Earth that are just like that. And the problem with the people is that they can't see the redundancy. Right now, for all of my life, I could see the redundancy. Right, oh, Democrats are in, Republicans are in, Democrats are in, Republicans, Democrats, Republicans. It just government gets bigger. Government gets bigger, no matter what. Spending doesn't go down. Taxes always go up. Right, I can see the redundancy, but for whatever reason, the the voting public isn't seeing that. And if they are, they're certainly doing nothing about it. I want to just address what they're talking about here, though. Is the hundred eighteenth Congress is unfortunately finally getting rolling there was a few days that they couldn't get anything done because they couldn't agree on yeah yeah something they couldn't agree on who was the house speaker well now they finally have agreed the holdouts have stopped holding out they've flipped over and they voted for this guy who's like a you know a scumbag of course and so they're pandering. Hey, four days is a good start. We just have 361 to go. If only that had happened. Uh, but unfortunately, they're going to keep doing, quote unquote, the people's business, which, of course, is nonsense. They're going to do what well, their corporate masters. The people the business. That's yeah, they're, exactly. Sure. They're going to be doing what their corporate masters have been tasking them to do. And they are making a, a big to do, apparently, about we Republicans, we're going to get rid of this $80 billion in IRS funding because we care about you. And first of all, there's still a Democratic president in, you know, in, in office. Fact. So anything they do to pass a slashing of the $80 billion is nothing more than pandering to the voters because it's not going to actually go anywhere. Right. But even if they did, even if they were able to successfully slash the $80 billion, it's still just pandering because the IRS is still it there. It still exists. Right? It's like, still just as big and bad as it was before the $87 billion. Right. Yep. I mean, they're still destroying innocent people's lives, peaceful people's lives. According to the uh, statistics here, more poor people are being audited significantly more, 5.5 times more likely Surprise. to be audited than any other category, the poorest of the poor. Caller, you're on the line. What's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. This is Kevin from Florida. Yeah, I'm uh, calling from uh, Governor DeSantis' territory. Um, it seems like uh, Florida... Wait, wait, wait. Did um, Governor DeSantis go around, like, urinating in places and claim it as his territory? <laughs> no, I believe he's well, calling from our arch-rival, Florida. Oh, I see. Well, it seems like uh, the freedom lovers have moved to Texas and Florida over the past two years. Um, of course, it was caused by the government, but... Uh, um, Agreed. In terms of folks moving here, you know, 60-40 was the final government uh, decision here in Florida in uh, 2022 when uh, DeSantis ran again. And, uh, you know, we have 0% income tax, as does Texas. It almost seems like the red lovers of if you will, are moving to Texas and Florida. Well, I think that's an important uh, distinction. The people who are for red states are not freedom lovers. They are people who uh, only love freedom for certain things. They might love freedom for, you know, or freedom from some level of taxes, maybe. But they sure do love a police state, from what I can tell. They love to crack down on people who might be uh, smoking cannabis or, or, you know, perhaps selling sexual services and things like that. These aren't people that really love freedom or the free market, are they? love a big military, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Um, some of the smaller populated counties in Florida um, are a little more freedom loving than the ones down south. Um, it, it seems to be, you know, the the Democratic nominee in uh, 2018 that ran against DeSantis. He was proposing a one percent income tax, and he just lost by two percent, and that was pre-COVID. Um, and luckily, DeSantis has um, gone against uh, the COVID measures. He's also well. He didn't in the beginning. The COVID vaccine. And it's important to remember that mm-hmm. DeSantis was cracking down just like all the uh, all the rest of the governors in the beginning on COVID, mm-hmm. and then he realized that it might be more political advent or politically advantageous for him to change his tune on that particular right. issue. Yeah, he saw an opportunity, and an opportunity it was. 
Right, because he's a slimeball politician just like the rest of them. The fact that anybody who loves freedom could be fooled by this character, mm-hmm. who is a arch-police statist. In fact, I believe Reed Coverdale, who's our uh, Thursday night co-host, mm-hmm. describes him as a neoconservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this guy is bad news. He's big government just in the way he wants the government to be big. That's absolutely right. Actually, when you look at the game theory of the Republican versus Democrats, we have a winner-take-all system. And you almost have to go with one of the two, unfortunately. I've voted libertarian since I was 18, the last Mm -hmm. 15-plus years. But uh, in honesty, you almost have to go with one of the two. That um, is no, you don't. That no, is a, that a, is the trick. Kill, one of the two. That is the confidence game. They trick you into believing that you have to choose between these two monsters. When the fact of the matter is, and look, if if Trump didn't prove this to you, I don't know what will. There is nothing that is ever going to change the policies of this government. We got somebody calling in from Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. Danny is on the line. Danny, welcome. Uh, we were just talking about your show here, me and uh, Jason Henda. Hey, all right. And I just asked him, hey, are they talking about the Sonora thing? And I I guess you are not. Are, are you talking about the, the actual war on drugs that has finally erupted uh, down in Mexico? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I was driving through that when it was happening oh on my, my God. motorcycle. And so I was filming the buses burning, and you know, I, put a, I put a YouTube video out on it already, but all right, so for our listeners that don't know, because we did talk about this, I think, two nights ago on Free Talk Live, uh, and it's just absolutely insane. Can you kind of recap for our listeners what is going on down there? Well, so I had no idea what was going on. I, you know, I'm driving a motorcycle, so I'm not yeah. listening. I don't watch TV anyway. Right. And I come up on this bus, and it's burning, and I just thought, oh, a truck caught fire. And then a little ways later, there's another bu- uh, another truck that caught fire. I'm like, okay. This isn't random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. then there's another one, and then and then a bus and another truck. And now, hold on. Oh, before yeah. you go on, what kind of buses are we talking about here? Are we talking about like a tour bus with, uh, tour you buses. know? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were hijacking buses and trucks and just, you know, parking them across the road, setting them on fire, oh, cut wow. the road off. Now, truck, you mean like and a semi? I went, or? As far as I, I went as far as I could. I went, you know, I bypassed several roadblocks, and I ended up at the very last, roadblock that i could go to and uh, i end up sleeping you know camping in a, a truck stop uh and then the very next morning i i left from the truck stop and by 10 a.m i was in Culiacan where it was all happening and it was like nothing ever happened it's like traffic everywhere people walking and you know and i stopped and asked a couple of people like hey how is it oh it's muy tranquilo now and so, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I asked the one guy, like, uh, who do you trust more, the government or the cartel? And he says, uh, they're the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Nice. I figured that. Uh, So my understanding is what's going on down there is the uh, at the behest, apparently, of the U.S. government, the Spanish federal police or whoever made an arrest yeah. of the son of El Chapo. Right. El Chapo, right. of course, the uh, notorious drug dealer, kingpin guy who got arrested a couple of years ago and was extradited yeah. into the United States, currently in prison. Uh, and right. so they arrested his son, and that erupted a huge fight between the cartel people and the federal government agents down in yeah. Mexico. So, so yeah. were the was the cartel trying to break him out of jail? Uh, well, so this is the second time it happened. It happened a while back, too. I'm, I'm not sure what the time frame was, but the violence got so bad then that they just let him go. Wow. Wow. So now, There was footage, by the way, uh, Peakless, of a jail under some form of attack. It wasn't clear where it was or when it was or whatever. There's you know, one of these things where you just yeah. see all these yeah. videos coming out. You don't know what's true and, and what's going yeah, on. I'm, right. I'm just trying to piece together if this is like a, a tactical assault to get their leadership back in order mm-hmm. or if this is just sort of a punitive measure to be like, don't you mess with us or we'll do all these terrible acts of violence. A lot more people than you might want to imagine have experienced getting audited by the IRS, including, according to the story here, more likely to be poor people being targeted by the IRS. This is what uh, Reason.com is sharing here. Uh, They talk about the Biden administration and others claimed 
that this so-called Inflation Reduction Act that added the $80 billion to the IRS budget, added the alleged 87,000 new workers, they said this would no way increase audits for those making under $400,000 a year. (laughs) Which, of course, means that that's exactly what happened. It did increase, (laughs) even though they said there's no way it would. Yeah, they said that the increased capacity meant only those at the top would be targeted, the supporters said. But this ignores how the IRS's incentives work and how agency-wide reform might be too heavy of a lift. Correspondence audits, which are conducted via mail and are the type frequently used when interacting with the poorest of taxpayers, are much easier and cheaper to conduct than other types of audits. Mm -hmm. Plus, the earned income tax credit is easy to get wrong. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office estimates that the new hires with experience in the field will take almost three years of ramp-up time, with more junior uh, new hires taking longer. The lag time between 2022's infusion of funding and legitimately increased capacity will be enormous, if the agency can even snag the best in the industry, when TurboTax and H&R Block will surely be swelling their own ranks. It makes sense that, given a dearth of experienced auditors not likely to be fixed soon, the agency would rely on the easiest and least time-consuming types of audits, which are these Mm -hmm. correspondence audits. But be suspicious of the idea that an infusion of cash will solve long-standing problems within the IRS. This is, after all, the agency that sent $1.1 billion in child welfare payments to the wrong people over the course of merely five months during the pandemic. It's the agency that was hacked in 2015, resulting in the personal information of more than 700,000 taxpayers being compromised. It's the agency that's been foolishly going after Americans who hold $10,000 or more in a foreign bank account since 2010, never mind the fact that many of them are middle-class expatriates and not people with yachts in the Mediterranean. And it's the agency that enabled the richest Americans' intimate financial information to be thumbed through by ProPublica readers. It will take more than a little cash to fix all this. And as the IRS's competence and tenacity increase, so too will the tenacity of the vast infrastructure of accountants and lawyers hired by the rich to creatively minimize their tax burdens. And you got to love how they shift the rules so that, oh, well... $600, $600, which, like, you know, good luck getting a two-week paycheck that's under $600, yep. right? Oh, well, $600 moved into a bank account. You better make sure to give us a report of that. Gotta account. file those forms. Now, how many billions of dollars have we sent to Ukraine? 110, I believe, at this Are point. Are you sure? Because no. no one's sure. No, we're not even going to bother to try to set anyone up to see where any of that money is going to have the slightest accountability of the billions of dollars that are getting thrown over there. Yeah, no, how about, no, no, no. Uh, that, that would slow down it coming back into the politicians' pockets, as we specifically saw happen through uh, Sam Bankman fried How about uh, we open up uh, for public scrutiny every politician's personal bank accounts? Wouldn't that be lovely? Well, yeah. I mean, if they want to demand, I mean, you, if they're not doing anything wrong, they got nothing to hide, right? Right. right. Yeah. They should. They should lead by example right. and turn over the last, you know, seven years of all their bank account records. I think mm-hmm. that's a great idea, Captain. Go ahead, Sarah. So this uh, year's session, they want to make the speeding tickets a criminal offense. Uh, that it's going to be changed in their state statute. Wow. So does that mean they yeah. will be a violation or a misdemeanor? Well, I, I, what I understand is uh, when this uh, gets passed, it, it'll be um, put on the uh, – you could go against your insurance uh, points, points against That's your – already happening in a lot of places. If you get enough speeding tickets, you'll yeah. get insurance t- uh, points. But see, the, our, our state, I think it was always just considered like a parking ticket um, or traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. So they want to also make it so that it also goes on your credit. That, that's what happens in states like Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, um, Illinois, um, Arizona is like that. So, so, and then this also... You know, why don't you just go all the way and call for the execution of uh, speeders, Sarah? Wouldn't that solve the problem? Well, I mean, we don't have to go that far. Oh, okay. Why not? Why not? I, why not, Sarah? But you know something. I don't know if they they be able to take people to jail. I don't think we're going to go that far in this. No, they absolutely can. If this is a criminal f- offense, they can put you in jail for it, especially if you don't end up paying the the uh, price of this. But no, why not just execute people who speed? Oh, that's ridiculous. Why? You know what I mean? Why is that ridiculous, that Sarah? Kill people. 
Kidnapping but, them uh, isn't ridiculous. Torturing them isn't ridiculous. But execution is. Explain why. No, no, I, I mean, the, you know what? You know how many murders that we had in Albuquerque this year? I think maybe 160. We broke the record. And last year we broke the record. And we still have no executions in our state. So uh, wanting execution for speeding camera tickets are ridiculous. I think that what they're talking about, it's not even, we're not going to even put them in jail. It's just now it's going to go against your driver. You could lose. You Do you want to see them put uh, in jail? Would you like to see that happen to speeders? Should they go to jail? Well, it's like that already in other states. I, I was talking to people from Chicago. They got 60 uh, red light cameras. You tear them up, they will arrest you. You ignore one of those tickets, you blow your nose, throw it in the garbage like they do here. Mm-hmm. They, you got a warrant out for your arrest. They will put you in jail. And I you don't support know for that. How long. Um, you know something? I, I do. Go ahead, Major. I can cure the problem. We'll make the whole world like a trailer park and put speed bumps every 50 feet. And then <laughs> on the outside of them, I want spikes. So you can't go around the speed bumps. Watch out for the bottle kids. Mm. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, oh, Major. Yeah, I, I, I saw a few episodes of them, but I guess I missed that one. Oh, they're in more than one. Yeah. So what's up, man? You called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys were talking earlier about uh, the politicians getting all these book deals and whatnot. Yeah. And you don't even got to be a politician. Think of Hunter Biden and his and his seventh grade mm-hmm. half million dollar artworks. What what does that have to do with book deals? I'm sorry. What? Well, no, they're, they're, some of them get painting deals. Some of them get book deals. Some yeah. of them get oh, I see. Deals. Well, he, the, the he, claim he, on the painting he, thing is that that's money laundering, right? So the idea is that he's got all this, or people have all this money, and they need to be able to give it to him, and so they, that he uh, sells these Well, and that's art my claim. Pieces. That's my claim on the majority of book deals from politicians. Hmm. I think this is also a way to launder money. It looks clean. It looks like they're providing a good or service that people want, but I don't think that's what's actually happening here. Hmm. Major? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. All right, man. Yeah, and... You know, since since you bring it up, uh, it's it's one of those things that people don't tend to think about. But like the money laundering aspect of the art world is really what drives the whole thing. Mm. So, I mean, like you have these experts that are college educated that they actually don't know anything about art, but they do learn what the tradition of what they're supposed to say about art is. So they can be manipulated to say, oh, well, here's what's in vogue now, and here is what is passe. And the reason for that is because the people who are laundering money need more money to be laundered in this form of art and less money to be laundered in that form of art so that they can, oh, well, this is passe, so this will get sold for a low price. And this is this is hot now, so this is high culture. This gets sold for a high price so that they can sh- shift this piece of art to this person for cheap and this piece of art to this person for a high price. You had something, Peekless, regarding the IRS here tonight as well. So not only are they targeting poor people, the poorest of the poor, more often than anyone else, which is, of course, what they've always done because mm-hmm. uh, they're easy targets. And this is a criminal enterprise. It's a criminal gang of bullies that are going to uh, take advantage of people. Yeah, the, the IRS is the actual bullies, right? The the, yep. the politicians and the legislatures, they, they write all these things on paper that say things, but it's the people who enforce the things. The cops and the IRS, yeah. That sure. are the actual bullies. And so the IRS, anybody who works for the IRS, you're a freaking bully yeah absolutely right so what else are they doing because it's not just targeting poor people yeah well so the uh the irs uh i've got a couple of uh, things here one of them is they see crypto companies as potential crime fighting partners (laughs) which (laughs) you gotta love the way that they're phrased first of all the irs does not fight crime they commit crime Mm. right Right. They are not the Justice League. They are the evil crime league of evil. Fighters. Anybody working for the IRS, if you believe you're a crime fighter, you're freaking delusional. No doubt. That's they actually uh, create crime, too, that never existed before, like in, in the Crypto 6 case, where they sent yeah. an undercover agent into our community to then pretend like he was a heroin dealer yep. and then try to get me to sell Bitcoin to him, which I refused to do. And they still charged me anyway with, yep. uh, with money laundering, and the jury found me guilty of it. 
So like that, that wasn't even an actual thing that happened, but it still got, I still got charged with it. It got set up. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it works on people, right? Like in a lot of cases when they, because they do this all the time. Yeah. And in fact, I knew that they did it all the time. I was aware of the fact that they did this. So I was yeah. like, okay, this guy's probably a fed when he talked about how he was a heroin dealer. Right, yeah. And so like red alert, okay, likely undercover agent here because in every other case with an online Bitcoin seller, they always send this guy or one of his buddies or yeah, whatever, right. someone in the undercover department, and they always claim to be a heroin dealer. Like it's the exact same setup every time. <laughs> wow. And a lot of times it works, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, and, and I think the the best example of this is the fact that usually these guys that are selling bitcoins are doing it alone, right? They don't have a, a meetup that they're going to regularly. Uh. So this guy, he never got me alone. And he's a scary looking dude. I mean, you've, if you saw him on the, the stand, like he's this Belarusian, you know, thug, basically. Mm-hmm. And he looks like, you know, he's, he's a big dude, right? This guy, you're in a, if you're in a car alone with him and he's wanting to buy Bitcoin from you and he's bought from you a couple times before and now he says he's a heroin dealer and he's ready to buy his $20,000 worth of Bitcoin from you. Right. You might feel like this is an offer you can't refuse. You, right. It might be a little intimidating to say no to right. a Belarusian thug that's in your car and you're all alone in some parking lot or something like that, right? right? Yeah, like yeah. in our case, he was at a public meeting. We were all hanging out together at uh, Central Square in, in New Hampshire. So, you know, it was easy to just ignore him and, you know, not not do right. anything about it. And then later on, I, of course, told him no when he pressed me on uh instant messenger but that wasn't enough they still charged me with money laundering so it's just crazy what these people are doing well it's obvious the reason that it's always heroin because even even cocaine has a certain amount of social acceptance at this point Mm -hmm. it's like oh well yeah you know especially amongst law enforcement those wolf of wall street people do it and like all these business people do it and these politicians might be on it and like there's a level of acceptance to it lawyers Uh, love cocaine yeah Neil is on the line in Arizona listening to K-Talks. Go ahead, Neil. I would like to talk to you uh, in a little here. Uh, let's start with Truth Social. For the first time today, I tried to get on Donald Trump's, uh, I guess, version, I guess I, guess I would say, of uh, Twitter or, yep. or Facebook. And uh, when I clicked on the thing to download it, it took me to a thing where I had to put in a credit card number. What? And then what I was looking at didn't say true social at the top anymore. Mm. And, Uh-oh. and I, I he, didn't progress any further. So do you guys know anything about his website? That sounds like a possible scam to me. I think you were a good move to not progress yeah. further on that one. Yeah, if you click on a link and it takes you somewhere that asks you for money and the URL changes or at least doesn't look right, uh, run very quickly, close your browser, you know, uh, it, clear it your cookies. My, it said that my, my my debit card or, well, I would have been using a debit card, would not be charged. I, I didn't know. I thought about, well, maybe they use this to verify if I'm an adult or not. There are but, websites that will do that if you sign up for, like, a free trial of something that eventually bills you. You know, and then, you know, it'll be written out. It'll say, hey, you're agreed to like one free month of this thing. And after this month expires, we're going to charge you X, whatever it is. Uh, there are versions of that that are legit that that happen. But if you tried to sign up for just a social media platform and they asked you for a credit card, that's I, suspicious as hell. Yeah. Oh, OK. And Did, or just to clarify, like- Neil, are you saying you went to truthsocial.com? And that is where you saw this, or did you download their app onto a smartphone? I went to my, well, I went to my web browser mm-hmm. and I typed in truesocial.com. And yep. from there, it took me to a thing where I had to download an app mm-hmm. to, to go on truesocial.com. So I followed that. And then when I clicked on the link to put in my information, it no longer said truesocial.com on it. It mm. said something else at the top of it. It's disturbing. I I, uh, I wish I could tell you more about this. I'm under my bail conditions, not allowed to sign up for uh, unapproved social media platforms, so I can't mm. just run through the sign-up process to see if anything like that happens. But I would say that would be fairly unprecedented. While, yes, it could be a way to do an age verification uh, to verify whether or not somebody is an adult, 
the odds that they would put something that in place seems very slim because it would restrict the number of people who'd be willing to to move forward like you neil i mean you wisely i think refused to go forward on this particular th- uh, sign up because it may be a scam and that's going to turn off a large number of people and knowing donald trump uh, and i don't know him personally but i know he likes attention i suspect he would not want to turn off a potential portion of his audience by hitting them up for a credit card right. number right so well, that's what i thought too because yeah. uh um that's what i thought knowing you know i don't know the man yeah, but, it doesn't uh, make sense i voted for him the one thing I do know about this guy, this McCarthy, is that apparently he wears a Ukrainian flag. So, you know. Really? There you go. That's what you need to know about be- this guy. Do you believe that he will go after uh, Biden and his son over uh, <laughs> his doings? No. Uh, do you think he's going to drain the swamp? No. Well, I would like to see it. That's why I, I would like to see a lot of things. Absolutely love Donald Trump so much. But um, he didn't drain the swamp either, dude. At all. He gave no, them a job. No, he. I believe that he had it in his heart to do that, but I don't believe he. There, there was so much. They did the, their best to uh, to sidetrack that man. And bring him There's up always so many that. excuses for this guy who's supposedly so dedicated and he had it in his heart and he was going in there to do a thing, but then they just they distracted him. Oh, he forgot all about what he came there to do. And in fact, then he just hired the swamp creatures at that point because he was just so befuddled by what was going on up there. I mean, is he a brilliant guy or is he a doofus? <sighs> I have to look at it like the man is running the country, and he's got so much crap coming at him from so many different directions at the same time. I mean, he was I disagree. He wasn't running the country. He, at no point, was running the country. Politicians don't run the country. They they tax uh, the people that run things. And he wasn't even running the government. That is clearly obvious. Like, there is an entrenched uh, culture... That is not going to be swayed, regardless of which politician we elect to to be the the face of it, the the mascot at the top of it. They don't have any real power. Like, okay, well, I want to pull some of our troops back. Okay, well, they're going to lie to you about where our troops are. So don't unless you you're going to pull all the troops pres- back, he did pull some back. We got to give him credit for that. He did pull some out of Afghanistan. Don't you Afghanistan. believe that as the president of the United States versus Joe Biden, we had a much better relationship with Russia and North Korea? I think that that is a big part of why they uh, constructed the narrative around him that they did. They constructed this narrative that he was a Russian puppet, a Russian agent, uh, even an unwilling Russian agent. But all of that was so that we could not have peace with Russia. What we are seeing happen right now is an information war. Like there is a huge fight over who's going to be the source of information. Now, the, the, uh, spoiler, no one source is going to win. Right. Like, nor should it. Nor should it. Sure. The fact of the matter is that we have we have entered a new world where the network is going to be more powerful than the central hub. The, the time of a, a single hierarchy, and that is the source of all information, because that that is a way to come to consensus. Yep. But now that we have these communications technologies that are distributed throughout the world, there is a new method by which we can start coming into consensus. And instead of checking with the authority to yep. see if this uh, comports with what the authority says is happening, we can instead check this with a bunch of other little nodes. Mm-hmm. Like, is this what you think is happening? Right. Because you have your set of information and your you know ability to judge this. Is this what you think oh, is happening? Oh, you mean happening? a consensus? Wow, yes. really? Oh, yes, an weird. actual consensus. So so what we're seeing right now is the the is the death throes of the old way of doing things. Yeah, these siloed monoliths of bureaucracy that these governments have put together are starting to crack, they're starting mm-hmm. to crumble, and we're starting to see sort of the fish out of water mm-hmm. kind of thing happen with, with these guys as the network effect continues to improve humanity. 
Yeah, so they're kicking back as hard as they can. They're making it as difficult for uh, for uh, upstarts to work with the banking. Uh, it, they're making it as difficult as possible for like you know Patreon and things like that. Oh well, you have hate people mm-hmm. on your site. Right. Oh well, we better not have hate people. What what policy? What politics are we not allowed to allow? Oh, those are the mm-hmm. politics that we're not allowed to allow. Okay, no one's allowed to have that. So I mean, it, they're trying. They're trying to regain their former glory as the center of everyone's attention. It's not going to work. And it's never going to happen. But in the meantime, they are going to do some damage. They're going to thrash around in the tar pits and they're going to slash and burn. And sadly, I still say many people are going to die. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're already dying because of statism and that kind of thing. But I'm just saying, like, as the state. That's the way of the state. As governments, there's 200 of them on planet Earth. They're about too many. Uh, too many. As they die, they're going to, you know, want to do things that are well, things only governments can do, which is kill large numbers of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you simply cannot commit a genocide without being a government. That's just how it works. You cannot have that scale of murder unless you have that centralized power. So uh, as these dinosaurs cease to exist, because the fact of the matter is there are three ways that this can go and only three. Either we will cease to exist because we kicked so much dust into the air because we trusted our centralized powers that the species ceases to exist. That's one way. Nuclear holocaust. Nuclear holocaust. Okay, nuclear not quite holocaust, where we have to deal with a fundamentally shifted world because we've seen an actual nuclear war go down, but it didn't kill all of us. Mm -hmm. That's possibility number two. Or possibility number three, we stop doing this thing that causes people to die in mass. And this is Dana from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dana, what's on your mind tonight? Okay, so we, now, I'm not stupid. I understand that people make promises and they don't carry them through. You mentioned that about Trump. He can clean the swamp completely out. And that gentleman that said he voted for Trump that you just spoke to said, well, you know, he was constantly fighting all this, this nonsense. And, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get cut off and I don't, I'm not going to, I don't cut. So, <laughs> um, so I'll just Thank you for that. remaining FCC so, compliant. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, so, uh, by the way, um, Peakless, I love your, your T-shirt. That's great. Oh, anyway, thank you. you have to it read it. Good. Uh, it says, may the um, Norse be with you for our uh, non-viewer yes, I saw listeners that. I think that's great. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, okay, shout out so to my sister. Uh, uh, we picked up why... matching shirts on a, a, a Viking exhibit. Nice. Well, tell her she did a good job. Go but ahead, Dana. This is why... Even within, and this is the difference between, I used to hate this about uh, Republicans and or even people on the right. They are, why can't you be more like those on the far left? They all agree to everything, no matter how much they disagree with it. It's kept in-house. We, you don't air your dirty laundry. But the Republicans are not all like-minded. They're more diverse because you've got conservatives. You, you know, you've got, I know there's some neocons in there. You've got Republicans, which are the neocons, and they're the biggest bulk of things. But they saw after Trump, people are mad, and they're not putting up with this crap anymore. So there are well, some of them that are staying true to um, constituents in that, even if it's so they don't get voted out. And I don't believe that's entirely the reason. So we, they don't even trust McCarthy. I've never trusted that man. I have not liked him years ago. Just to clarify what you're saying, Dana, when you say they don't even trust McCarthy, are you saying the the run-of-the-mill Republicans or the elected Republicans? The elected, um, well, some that were just in there in the last two years, like Bober. So these are one of the things they did. Um, this is what they got accomplished. And you guys, I think this may help because of a rule I'll get to at the end. So one of the things they made McCarthy swear to is um, they have to vote on every single appropriation bill individually, whether it's for agriculture or for this or for that. It doesn't matter what it is. It cannot be bundled into a ginormous 
Omnibus. They're done That's with awesome. that crap. Well, why would you oh, believe this guy? Good. Why would they believe what he's saying? Okay, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll, I'm going to get that's the punchline. Just hear me out, um, Ian. Then the other thing is he had to agree to cap discretionary spending at the levels they were when Biden took office two years ago. And that's for defense and domestic. The third point is whoopee do. Okay, the, so I know it's still too high, Ian, but at least it's better than what Biden did. So, um, yeah. well, 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 hold on, hold on. So these are promises that he's making. Yeah, that's all. These oh, are the things that he's done. Point. Now, if I'm going to go ahead and make a promise, why not promise so to went, reduce our discretionary they spending? Guarantee. Hmm? They a guarantee. A guarantee. Let me get to it. Okay, I'm, to, I'm, I'm all ears for, for how this is a guarantee. And then I'll give you the guarantee. Okay. There, they, he agreed to set up a uh, committee on weaponizing the federal government, including they're going to probe the DOJ. I like callers like Dana. I just wish that Dana, like, she's got some good points. She's looking at the stuff. She's questioning the system. Mm-hmm. You know, she's give her some credit. She's trying to look for some positive mm-hmm. is, in yeah. all the negative. Yeah. But I just wish she would zoom out. Right. Yeah. You know, just see the bigger picture, right? Just zoom out, a, 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 you know, at least one layer, maybe two or three, and see the bigger picture and see that regardless of what these little maneuvers that they make that might make you feel good or well, feel like some change, some change might be happening. Like, these happen all the freaking time. Mm-hmm. And once you figure out that these happen all the time, but nothing changes and the mm-hmm. empire continues to grow, right. then you come to the conclusion that I've come to, which is the whole thing is antique and barbaric, mm-hmm. and the institution commonly referred to as government needs to go away immediately. Let's think. Dana isn't new to this. She's been calling this show for more, probably more than a decade now at this point. We've been on in Grand Rapids where she's listening on WTKG. Yep. They were one of our earliest, bigger stations to, uh, to come on board. They were a clear channel station back in the day. Yep. Uh, Media, of course, is the name of the company now, and uh, we're, gl- we're glad to be on there, but you know she's been around she's she's somebody who pays attention to the system and the things that go on like how could you not be aware that these people are completely untrustworthy the fact that this guy mccarthy or whatever is making promises to these other politicians like they promise things to people all the time why would they why would they tell the truth to their own politicians i ever watched charlie brown i i call it's it's charlie brown and lucy pulling the football every time again and again and again i call these people people uh hope fiends yes right oh, because yeah, like because unless they get their dose of hope hopium. from hopium from yeah. somebody mm-hmm. promising them some crap that ain't ever going to happen right. they can't feel good about themselves unless they get that every day yeah. and and one of the things i really wanted to point out is that uh it's not true that this dissension only exists on the right there is a populist movement in this country and it exists on both the left and the right mm-hmm. now the fact is that and there's the, the bernie sanders people that exactly. always get screwed on the left exactly and, and that's the thing sure the the democrats have been able to shore up ranks so that that it, they don't appear to be cracking apart the way that the republicans appear mm-hmm. to be cracking apart but a big part of this is what is their narrative the narrative of the Republicans is we are the underdog fighting against the authoritarianism. That is that is their narrative. That's what they're so trying transparently to get. false. Right. So it's in their best interests for their advertising to appear as if they have a strong, powerful populist movement that's making real change inside the party. Yeah, like Republicans will always refer to their supporters as patriots. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you there's not going to be any change in Washington, D.C. after this scumbag or whatever comes into this particular position. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.